living in a world that's all by design, it's up to us to break the chains of tyranny to become we, the ungovernable. You are listening to the Renegades Rant Podcast with your host, the Kentucky Renegade. I'd like to take a moment to welcome aboard a new sponsor of the Renegades Rant Podcast, Hard Lux All-American Apparel, bringing you veteran and American-owned products and businesses. Keith is taking pride in offering you a diverse range of top-quality branded merchandise designed by and for veterans and American military supporters. He's got great companies he's working with, such as Nine Line, K-Bar Soap Company, Blackout Coffee, Till Valhalla Project, Duke Cannon, Warfighters.com, and Inert Mugs. Please go check out his site, hardluxallamerican.com. Now, go on the site, purchase you something, because this will help out a veteran. The proceeds go toward veterans. So, thank you for listening to the Renegades Rant Podcast, and please support our veterans. At this time, I want to take a moment to thank my official sponsor, Inert Mugs. They have just launched their newest product, a 20-ounce tumbler inspired by the Heliborn Laser Fire and Forget Missile, better known as the Hellfire. Originally designed to defeat tanks and armor, the Hellfire has gathered fame as the go-to weapon for precision strikes against the worst of the worst. This design fully captures the beauty and ferocity of the Hellfire, and Inner Mugs have incorporated a few hidden surprises into the design. So head over to innermugs.com and pick up yours today. And just for you, the listeners, use the promo code RR1776 and take 20% off your order. With the holidays around the corner, consider picking up a few extras as gifts. And remember, orders over $100 ship for free. It's innermugs.com. All the flair without the pop. All right, welcome to the show, everybody. I'm excited to have my next guest. He is a CEO and founder of a veteran company called Hard Lux All-American Apparel. Welcome to the show, Keith. Welcome to the How's show, brother. Back? I'm good. How are you? All right, man. So how are things going down in Georgia? It's going pretty good, man. It's, uh, you know, the weather's always in and out, you know, it's, one day it's hot, one day it's cold. So. Yeah. It's, uh, it's same now, especially now with the, this time of year with our weather around here in Kentucky, it's probably about the same down there in Georgia. Just get a little yeah. mix, get a little mix yeah. of everything. Well, it's good because we have deer season coming up this weekend. Oh, that's good. Ours just came in as well. So, uh, so the reason why I had you on the show is because I'm very uh, focused on a lot of the veteran companies and organizations. And, of course, our mutual friend, uh, Tyler, with Inner Mugs, uh, introduced us. So uh, I'm glad you came on the show. So if you kind of give us a little bit of your backstory um, before we get into how you came about with the business. Okay, I'll give you a, the down and dirty, the gist. So, All right. uh, I spent uh, 20 years in the Army. Um, I've done three combat tours. I've done two in Iraq and one in Afghanistan. 
the two in Iraq were back to back. I was there from February 2003 until June of 2006, roughly over three and a half years uh, in country uh, from invasion to OI3. Uh, then I had a little stint over in uh, in Afghanistan, as I call it, it was just a little year stint. Um, <clears throat> but all in all, um, 20 years was, was pretty good. Um, I dealt with a lot of adversity, um, a lot of uh, combat situations. Uh, I was blown up, you know, from IEDs a multitude of times. Um, and, I, and I had a great career. You know, uh, they called me hard luck um, because of how many instances I have been in. Um, I've been in 14 documented uh, times of IEDs or, or things like that. Uh, one of the famous stories is uh, while I was in Ramadi fighting with the 82nd Airborne Division, um, I had a mortar round come through the roof and hit me in my left foot and rolled down the side of the side of the building there, and um, it never went off. It was still a live round, but it never went off. Damn. And, uh, yeah. Um, so you know, very early on in my career, I uh, I started uh, earning that name of hard luck. You know. Um, and I, there's there's multitude of stories, and we could talk hours about all the different stuff that happened, you know. Um, but if we fa- you know, go fast forward through my career, the 20 years I did up until 2020, um, I didn't want to get out. I got hurt down in Fort Polk, Louisiana, and uh, that kind of dumbed me in. I uh, tore my labrums in, in my in my hip, um, got some stuff around the ball of my joint. I had to go in there and reconstruct it all. Tore my labrum, canted in my back, nerve damage in my neck. Um, so you put that in combination with all the the combat scenarios that I was put in, and I'm I'm a big deer hunter. I mean, I love deer hunting. I mean, I, I'm there every day that I can. And uh, there's so many stories about my deer hunting. Uh, and then finally one day, somebody said, "You know what? You got a lot of hard luck, man." Uh, and they all started calling me hard luck. And uh, you know, some people you kind of take it the wrong way. But uh, really what hard luck means is uh, perseverance over the situation, you know. Um, yeah, it, it was rough, you know, but it shows that, you know, I kept going forward. Um, and by doing it day to day and doing what I was trained to do, um, yeah, it was a little hard luck. But, you know, I, I got all my fingers. I got all my toes. I'm very blessed. Um, you know, and, and I wouldn't take it back for the world. Um, so when I retired, um, I didn't want to, but I did. Um, I went down the rabbit hole just like a lot of other veteran-owned companies. I started drinking every day, and, you know, it got to a point where, you know, I had to realize something, and I needed to go and get some help. So uh, I went to a place up there in Kentucky um, called Rack, and I got sobered up and everything like that, a new direction in life. And I was like, okay, I need to worry about civilian employment. And uh I went and worked for a company, um, a, a very, a very well-known company. I just don't want to say it over there because, I mean, they're, they're a really good company. But I got rode up four times uh, for working too much because they just suspected me to come in and work my eight hours, and I was the manager of the place. And um, after that fourth time, I just I hung up my stuff. I told them, I, like, I, I can't do this. So uh, I kind of felt defeated, and I went home and, you know, uh, 
I was trying to figure out what I was going to do in my life. Am I going to stay retired? Am I going to you know, sit here in my in my house with these four walls and just look at everything every day? Or am I going to do something with it? And that's kind of what led me into uh, the business. Um, my career was, was awesome. So what was um, your job in, in the Army? I was a combat engineer. And then... Uh, in 2008, I changed it over to being a supply sergeant. And it was just, for me, I was tired of getting blown up. You know, I, I, I needed something to change in my career. And everybody said that I would be good in supply. So I was like, okay. So I tried it, and actually I I excelled in it. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that, that, was, that was pretty cool. And... I learned so much. I mean, that actually helps me with the business that I'm running right now every day. Um, but you, know, my first seven years, I was a combat engineer, but I was always part of special teams. Like, uh, I went and trained the Iraqi army as a combat engineer. Um, I did sapper recon stuff without being a sapper, you know, uh, I dealt a lot with the Special Forces, the Romanian uh, Army. Uh, I worked with the British, the Rock Army, which is the Korean Army. Um, I did a lot of things as a combat engineer, and I was part of some of the greatest you know units out there. In the 82nd, uh, I went into the war up under uh, the 1st Marine Division, up under what they call the IMEG, which is their engineering force. And uh, I fought with them guys. You know, all the way up to uh, to Samoa, we took over a train station, and I went from there to over to 82nd Airborne Division. And I fought with them up in Fallujah and Ramadi uh, for about eight or nine months. And then uh, when I finally got back home 18 months later, uh, it wasn't two months later, my commander called me and said, I want you to come back, and I want you to, you know, help train a team to go back. And I was like, you know, hell yeah. Well, I mean, I'll do it. Like, <laughs> And coming back home after all that stuff, 18 months, I mean, I didn't really know what to do with myself. So I uh, I helped train uh, this Sapper Recon team, as you want to call it, uh, to go back to Iraq. And uh, we ended up not doing any Sapper Recon stuff, and we just went and trained um, the Iraqi Army up in the Sunni Triangle again. Uh, and I was in the little town of uh, Yusufia in a potato factory. Mm. Um, and there's stories upon stories about that place, but... Uh, <laughs> There was 169 June day. The Iraqi soldiers died within six months of us Damn. being up there, um, fighting that little battle up there. Uh, it, it was a constant, everyday battle, mortar and small arms fire and IEDs and, and all kinds of things. So <clears throat> how are the people over there towards you guys? Were the, were the people in Iraq kind of looking for that being set free from Saddam and them during that, or were they just, they didn't want you there? Well, you know, I've, I've had that question asked me probably a thousand times. And here's the best way that I can describe this. And, you know, people might agree or not agree. All right. We went over there because of a dictator. All right. I'm not no politician. I don't even watch anything as far as politician is concerned. But when I got there, and this is just from my version of it, 
is initially when we got there, people were happy. They they kind of you know, they welcomed you, but you know, as time progressed, you know, they wanted you there, but they didn't want you there, and they would talk good to you in your face, but if somebody came and threatened them, you know, it, to give up some kind of intel on us or something like that, they would do it because the threat is real there. You know, if ISIS whatever comes into my house and says, I'm going to kill you if you don't give me the intel on the army units that you've been talking to, they're going to do that, you know? Yeah, kind of overstate yeah. our welcome a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is, you know, but, you know, there's there's so many instances. I, and I believe it's a 50-50. I mean, anybody that takes over a country, you know, like we did, I mean – yeah, they want you there to you know get you out of that little dictatorship or whatever, but you, you got to go too. Um, and of course, now we left. I mean, it's all done, gotten screwed up over there and, and things like that. You know, um, and there's a lot of sacrifices. I mean, a lot of things that happened over there that me and a lot of other soldiers and Marines and Airmen, Navy guys, you know, we just don't like. I mean, it was it was a big sacrifice. You know. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's that's why I, like, I usually like to ask that question because I usually get a different answer. Most times it's 50-50. Majority of the people that were there that, that lived in those villages and those cities and stuff, they they were a little bit welcoming. And then, you know, over time it was like, okay, you've been here too long, time to go. Mm-hmm. You know, because they were tired of being, you know, threatened and their communities, you know, destroyed. So they, they didn't want the, the military there anymore. But I heard overall, you know, a lot of the kids love the military and a lot of the a lot of the people were thankful that you guys were there to help them. And then you had that group of people that were like, go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you still had a lot of Saddam supporters over there. You know, I, I fought the first three and a half years there. You know, it takes a lot of time for all those kind of people to go away. Yeah. Um, and. You know, and and thank you for your service. I mean, just going over there and doing what you guys do, we we all here, a majority of us know that these wars are not what they are. And there's a lot of devastation. There's a lot of things that happen. There are people that do want to be freed. And, you know, when we send our military, we're sending our men and women to do it. And just the sacrifice you guys make to do it. We owe you everything here. You know, I think that our government really needs to do a better job at taking care of all of our veterans and all of our active duty and giving you guys outlets that you, you desperately need because there's a lot of people that are coming back home and like you said you're stuck in a house with four walls you don't know what to do and that's when you start going down those rabbit holes of you know drugs alcohol you know suicidal depression you know you guys aren't given the proper tools when you gotta rotate back into the world there just needs to be there just needs to be more for you guys and the, the women out there well, for me, I can't blame nobody else other than myself because I wasn't ready. They gave me the tools to be successful, but I wasn't ready. Um, you know, when I when I got out, I was like, 
okay, I'm just going to be another day. I didn't think about, oh, crap, like, I don't see my soldiers every day. I don't have anywhere to report. Like, you know, I'm so used to being told what to do and how to do it in some ways, you know. It's like, shoot, I got to find civilian employment. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm like, <laughs> and, you know, they can have this soldier for life stuff. You get through all these briefings, but at that time, you just want to get out. Like, just want to check the block and get out. Um, so, I, you know, for my instance, it was my own self-induced thing because I didn't go through the complete programs and whatever they, they had for me at the time because um, I was just so focused on I just want to get out and, and live my life um, after I got hurt. And, um, you know, I, I kind of screwed myself on that one. Yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, thank you for your service. And, you know, it's it's great to know that we do have people in the military that make that ultimate sacrifice and, you know, go over there overseas and represent us and do what they got to do, even though some of the times things aren't what they're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, like I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give it back for you know a million dollars because it made me who I am and it's made this company. You know, uh, when you really sit down and, and you listen to my stories of all the scenarios that I were in and stuff like that, you know, you're like, fuck, man, and you're still alive. You got all your toes and all your fingers. You're still wanting to work. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. I mean, either one or I know I am very blessed, you know, as far as, you know, being able to go through all the things that I've been through. Um, but it's also taught me a lot. It's taught me how to pre- uh, appreciate what I have. You know, I'll give you one little instance. When I walk into Walmart, all right, um, and I see people just to be point blank bitching about a two dollar candy bar, I'm thinking to myself, Have you ever been to a third world country? Where they don't even have candy bars. They would freaking give a whole car for a candy bar. You know what I'm saying? Correct. Like, you really don't know what you have. And when I walk into big places like that, nobody sees what I've done. Nobody sees that sacrifice. You know? And I'm just a, another average guy out there, you know? And that's hard for a soldier. You know, 20 years, you know, grinding it, you know, um, staying in miserable kind of conditions and, and going through life, you know, and um, you walk in somewhere like that and just people just don't know. Not that, you know, we need to wear our uniforms after we retire, but, you know, it's just, it, there's little things like that that aggravates me. Um, and I just don't, I don't understand it. Maybe it's just my view, my opinion, but we really just don't have sometimes and i realize what i have sometimes you know i i don't i don't try to take anything that i have for granted and um it's just i mean i could talk for days about it <laughs> uh, and that's one of the reasons why you know i i started this business because a lot of people want to work for themselves right correct 100 percent. and i just want to make this very clear like this business isn't because I have to do it. This is not my livelihood. If this company fails, 
Keith Weathers, Harlop, will still survive. Okay? Um, I do this because I want to. And what I learned in my 20 years and all the special teams that I was part of is I got more out of people who wanted to be there versus that were ordered to be there. So I want this company to make it. I want this company to make a difference. I want people to see what I'm trying to do for veteran American-owned companies here in America. You know, because this is what I love. This is what I fought for. You know, um, so when I wake up in the morning, I want to come in and try to do the best I can that day to be successful as I can to make a difference. You know, and I don't there's no no defeat in me that this business will like, you know, die off. It's just, you know, if I work hard and I work harder and there's days I don't want to work hard, it's going to make it. It will make a difference at the end of the day. Um. But see, and that I mean, I want to do it. It's not a have to. Um, and when people hear that, they're like, "Dude, like, I think I would have just stay retired." I was like, "Yeah, I mean, that's that's all fine and dandy. Try retirement for like a month, just doing nothing." Um, it's just it's not a it's not a character that I have in me. So. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people that want to retire, they think it's good until they're there for about a month and then they're like over it. I know when my dad retired from being a, a trucker for 30 some odd years, he uh, he couldn't he couldn't stop. He went back to driving, you know, he, mm-hmm. he went fishing for about a month and went and did some of the things he wanted to do and traveled around and then came back home and then was like, well, Number one, it, it's expensive to be retired if you don't do things right or you don't, you know, handle your money correctly. But then again, then there's just sitting around and not having anything to do. It's just a matter of keeping your mind busy. And so, you know, he went back to driving for a little bit more and then mm-hmm. retired again. Yeah. So, yeah, retirement, retirement, something different. I mean, it, just depends on what you have planned on with your retirement. If you got something that's going to continue to keep you busy and keep your mind going, then, you know, you'll probably be okay being retired. But if you're going to sit behind, sit in a chair and sit in a, a room all day long, it's going to get old real quick. Yeah. That's what I like about what I do now, as far as hard looks all American, you know, I'm not the typical, you know, apparel line or, or whatever. And I only have a small apparel line to help me grow a little bit more capital. You know, um, my way, my business model of doing this is kind of off the books, per se. Um, because I go to festivals, I go to events. Um, I've gotten stuff like antique shops and uh, motorcycle shops and gun shops, you know. Um, and it's a little bit different, you know. I I don't want to go into Walmart or anything like that. I mean, my online sales they suck, you know. But when I go somewhere, when I'm talking to those people out there outside, they're like, "Man, we really love what you got. We really love your partners, like you know, Nylon and Till Valhalla and Warfighter and K Bar Soap." I mean, if you look at the, my website, you'll see everybody that I'm gathering. Um, and that didn't happen overnight. That took two and a half years to, you know, get all these people together and, you know, trying to have a one fight, one, 
uh, one mind type mindset, you know, to try to do this. Um, so all in all, the way that I do it, I think is different and it makes me kind of unique because of where I am going. You know, I grew up in a little small town of Hartwell, Georgia. And, uh, you know, small towns, you do one bad thing. Everybody knows about it. If you do Correct. one phenomenal thing, So I'm saying, so if I get good products, good companies, and I get to these small little towns, a little antique store or whatever, and they see, oh man, this is patriotic. This is American stuff. This is veteran owned stuff. Like, man, we want to come here like all the time. What more do you got? You know, so you've done that really great thing in that small town. And, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, they've, Started all the businesses online and, and stuff like that, and I understand. But I'm a people person, man. I, I like talking to people, um, and seeing you know, their thoughts and, and all that other good stuff about you know just just everything, you know. And uh, I mean, so far, I mean, I you know, everybody that I meet, I mean, they're they're like you know, ecstatic with what I've been able to do. You know, and, and talk with these and multi-million dollar companies that are, are doing all this stuff and where, you know, I, I'm just doing the best I can you know, to make everything happen because I'm a one-man show. There ain't nobody that helps me do any of this. So you go on my social media, my web pages, and all the other good stuff, it's every single bit of it is me. You know, I ain't got no CFOs or no assistants or anything like that. It is all me. And that's one thing I, I really liked about about you whenever Tyler introduced and uh, I was looking into your stuff. But I mean, uh, it seemed like you're a real personable person. You're, you know, you're out there grinding and hustling and, you know, taking your your merchandise to all these different festivals and stuff and setting up, you know, and whatever I can do to help, you know, that's that's why I want to hop on board with you and, and talk to you and have you on this podcast to help promote you. And try and connect more of the veteran companies with you. Yeah, like, you know, Inert Mugs, Tyler, um, when he reached out to me, he did it on my social media. And uh, as soon as he sent me something, you know, his products, I'm like, man, that is really cool. You know, um, he made he he said something that kind of resonated, and I've thought about it over the years. But he resonated something. He's like, you know, you get ninety nine no's to get one yes. You know what I mean? And maybe I was that yes for him. You know, to you know help him, you know, get the product out. You know, and it's by combining forces. You know, his social media is my social media. My social media is his social media. We both have the product. You see what I'm saying? And, yes. and it's a one-fight team. And I'll take a thousand no's until I get that one yes to where, you know, somebody somewhere along the line be like, okay, like what he's trying to do is really phenomenal. He's doing it all by himself. Like, we need to try to help this guy out. You know what I'm saying? And um, it'll get there um, because I won't give up. I mean, there is no give up in me. Um, and I think that's just from my perseverance of, of all, everything I've been in, um, uh, through the military and stuff like that. I, I won't give up. And if, if I get a no somewhere, I'm going to go somewhere else, you know? 
Yeah. Um, but you know, one, one day, hopefully, I'll get that you know that guess and be able to start making bigger changes. Because I only got like seven companies inside of my company right now. Think about all these other veteran-owned companies that might be struggling a little bit. They're on their social media platforms and you know things like that. What if I was that company that could bring you in to help a veteran company that hires veterans? You know, because um, we're the one that ultimately gives our sacrifice for this country. At the end of the day. I don't see why we would not want to give it back to our veteran-owned companies and our American-owned companies, you know. Um, and, and it would just make a big difference if I can make it, you know. Uh, another big brand that I have is Blackout Coffee, you know. Uh, it's one of the, the, the most growingest coffee right now, and they're out of Florida. It's really phenomenal, you know. Um, now, I don't need them or – they don't need me. I need them, you know, because I like having their products. They're very well known and, and stuff like that, you know. And eventually, and it goes back to what I was saying, if my company can help out anybody else, then I'm going to do it, you know. If it's in my means to do it. Yeah. I'm sitting here looking at a 10 by 8 foot banner right now that just came in and it has Enerc's Enerc, uh, Enerc Mugs logo right there on it. That's just going to the Athens Expo this weekend for three days. And granted, nobody paid for none of these logos to be, you know, put on this big old banner and go to the Athens Expo. I paid for it all out of my own pocket. You know, um, and it's just because that's just how much I, I feel as though this is going to work. If I give now, then somebody will be able to help me later. Does that right. make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's why I think from for myself, I want to be that, help be that link in that chain because I've, you know, uh, whenever I was working in the hospital, I was working uh, in mental health, and part of our mental health program was with the VA, and we worked with uh, the VA to have help for heroes. So I got to work with a lot of active duty and veterans, and you know, I've kind of got a little bit of a reach with people. So, and I got a lot of veteran companies I talk to and, and work with. So, uh, if there's any way I can be a link in the chain to help connect more and more veteran organizations and veteran businesses, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'll take all that I can. I mean, I don't know if I can help every single one. Um, you know, uh, I just really believe if we do like we do in the military and we do it as a team, not be individualized as a team. Not only are we helping our brands, but we're helping each other. We're helping the American people as well. When we buy from these companies, we're giving back to ourselves. You know, um, I, I can't. I mean, in in my head and all the research I've done, this is a phenomenal thing. You know, you put it on paper and all the good stuff, but it's the reality of what happens afterwards. You know, I'm only 60 days old, man. Only 60 days old, or actually 58 days old. Um, and I've already made an impact right here in ha Athens, Georgia, home of the Georgia Bulldogs, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, and, and people, are, people are reaching out to me now, like, hey, can you come here? Can you come there? 
do you have this product? Uh, have you thought about this guy that's down the road that, you know, he spent 30 years and, you know, he got um, got pretty messed up and he can hardly walk. You know, you think you can help him out? Of course, I can't help everybody, but I'll try. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah, and that's, you know, I did a, a podcast with uh, Operation Vets with Nets, and that's another organization there that maybe whenever they have some fishing events, they always do all kinds of fishing events and stuff. Maybe there's a place. I know they're, they operate on North Carolina, but they're in like 10 or 11 states. You know, and maybe that'd be something good that you guys could maybe meet up, a hookup, and you come and sell some of your products there and, and set up a, a booth or a tent or whatever. Yeah, I'm all and about it. It's it's about just trying to get get people linked together, and you know, and and these companies thrive. You know, I want to see the small businesses. I want to see the veteran-owned businesses and organizations thrive in this country because the big conglomerate companies and corporations aren't going to care about the people. And and when you see veteran products, you know what it's going towards. And I think a lot more people need to have that America first mindset by going out, supporting these small businesses, supporting veteran owned businesses and get back to America being America. And that's supporting our own. Yeah. Um, you know, if you read everybody's story, not everybody, majority of veteran owned businesses that have, have been successful. Um, we all had the same story. We all had our demons. We all, you know, had some kind of alcohol or drug things going on. You know, we, didn't, we were lost, you know, didn't know what was going to do with our lives. And if you look at why these small veteran businesses are operating is because that's who we can work for is ourselves because we're our own selves biggest critic you know we can we, we have that drive to keep going forward every single day i would like to take a moment to talk about my official sponsor of the renegades rant podcast that's trinot.com backslash sinmin c-i-n-m-i-n now this is cindy davis and she is a representative for trinot and please go check out her website and check out her shop because she has a lot of amazing products. These are for both men and women, and these are products you can trust. Now, they have products such as Enrich. This is a, a fan favorite that's specially formulated to support the body's microbiome and encourage healthy digestion. Also, check out Nourish. Uh, look after your gut, microbiota, and your skin will flourish. This is a GOS prebiotic meal replacement to help improve gut health and nutrition. Also improves gut skin access and increases beauty benefits on the skin. So please, if you would, go check out Cindy Davis and trinot.com backslash sinmen. Now, if you need to get a hold of her, you can also email her at sinmen 3 at gmail.com. You can also find her in my link tree in my bio. Thank you. Even if we're in pain, even if we're hurting, we're still going to go. Um, and as as I grow as a as a big business or or however it's going to be, I, I don't know. Only God knows where that's going to end up at. Um, 
I can make a difference and I can be like Nylon and Silvahala Project, um, you know, where I can start helping soldiers and veterans here in my community, you know, for that nonprofit organization. I got a whole big old nonprofit thing that you know, later on when I get bigger, it will it would all come into play, you know. Um, I just, in my eyes, in my research, this is going to work. And I think the American people are ready for that kind of that, that, that change with everything that's going on in the world. Um, the time to be patriotic and time to give back to our own is now. You know, um, it's been long overdue. Yeah. I mean, to me, <clears throat> the things that are going on in this country, there needs to be the focus on the veteran community, period. I mean, I've always said it that you guys have given up great sacrifice to do what you guys have done, men and women, and to the American people, we owe it to our veterans to take care of things that need to be done. And that is supporting you guys. That's uh, helping out however we can. Yeah. Because, you all sacrificed by going over there and going through what you guys have, have went through. You know, like I said, I'm not a veteran, uh, but I did work in the hospital and I, I worked around, you know, active duty and veterans and, and listened to the stories and, and, you know, help talk people off ledges. It's the least we can do is to take care of our veterans. Yeah, I mean, like, here's here's one of the things that I thought about when I sat down on my kitchen table for 72 hours and didn't move except for take a piss, to be honest with you. As I thought about this, this company started off of a non-profit organization idea in my head. Like, whenever I was laid up after I had my hip surgery, I had nobody. Nobody to help me. I laid with a machine in my bed going back and forth for 12 hours a day. You know, it was hard for me to walk. Uh, it took literally 18 months to get to where I could actually physically you know, run and, and jump and do all that stuff. You know, in those couple months that I was kind of housebound, um, when I kind of realized everything, when my, my house was falling apart. My my truck had flat tires, you know, because I hadn't drove it in so long. Um, my grass was about three feet high. And I was like, if I was a nonprofit organization, that's way, that's the way what I would do. You know, uh, if I heard of a veteran saying you know, he's, he's down, he's having knee surgery, we know that's like a six-month ordeal. And he's married. He has, you know, two kids and they're in elementary school and middle school. And, you know, the wife works a full-time job. He has a full-time job, but he's going to be out for six months. And you come and tell me that without a question, without the big, huge application process, um, I want to try to help you because this is the way that I see it. If, if me as a veteran, I need some help. There's a couple things I got to do. One, I got to sit down at my computer and search endlessly for hours on the help that I need in an organization that will do it, right? Yep. And then I got to fill out an application, 
All right. Well, the application will be looked at within the next 30 to 90 days, and we'll get back to you. Back to those 30 or 90 days, they're going to call you back and say, oh, yeah, we approved your application. I need you to go down to East Avenue. I need you to knock on the door and ask for Taryn. You go on there, you talk to Taryn. Taryn's, oh, yeah, we got your application, but we need you to fill out some more paperwork. Here you go. And we'll get back to you in 30 or 90 days to get you the help that you need. That's a, that's that's way too freaking long by the end. I mean, you done, you know. You're you halfway, through your, re- you're halfway yeah. through your recovery. <laughs> yeah, and I know there's a process on everything, you know. But, I mean, if you come at me, when I get, get to that area of, of my business, you would come to me or, or whoever's with me at that time, but hey, this guy, no, blah, blah. All right, got it. Let me go down there and talk to him. I'll go down there and talk to him. Okay. Uh, I see you need some maintenance on your house. I see you need somebody to take care of your yard here. And I was like, your wife needs to be worried about taking care of you and not everything on the outside of the house um, and the kids. And I was like, you know, why don't I help you out by, you know, paying a contractor whatever to come out here and do some maintenance on your house i'll pay a lawn company come out here and you know manicure your lawn or whatever until you're able to you know do it um you know what if um i i was the you know bring a mechanic over here one of those rolling mechanics and just let him tune up your vehicle and make sure it's all good to go and um and you know maybe i can help your wife out with you know maybe going back back and forth to the grocery store or, or something like that so she can be sitting there taking care of you trying to get you back up and going as the veteran and as the provider and the man of the house. So I thought about that. I wrote it all down and then I, I did a, a test run. So I reached out to these companies or whatever. I knew a veteran needed some help. And I was like, look, here's what I'm going to do. It's like, you know, I'm not nonprofit, but this is what I'm willing to do. So I will pay you to go out here and do this for these guys. I said, but I'm going to leave it up to you as a nonprofit. You can't give, a person straight up cash, right? Right. So I was like, I'm going to pay you for what you need to do. You're already going to give me a discount because we're veterans anyway, right? But I'm going to go a little bit further and just throw the idea out there. You can either 100% pocket the money that I gave you, or you can give 25 or 50% back to the veteran himself. And do you know 99% of these companies said we'll at least give 25% back to him, cash money in his hand? Because they can do that. That's great. That's my nonprofit organization, the way of things I want to do things later on. Um, that that idea led into this company right now. Um, it was, it, I mean, my mind went, those 72 hours went in 500 different directions of what I could do to make a difference. So, um, and that's, and that's awesome. And that's what really needs to be done. You know, we need to, we all need to personally just be self-reliant and work in a community uh, network. You know, if somebody's down, go help them out. That's the way it used to be back in the old days, back in the pioneer days. Somebody needed help building a house because they just moved out there. Everybody in the town got together and built the house and cooked each other food and, and took care of each other. That's the way this the world needs to be working now, especially in this country. You know, and the military is a brotherhood, you know, at the end of the day. You I mean, we talk to veterans like, I miss it. I miss it. What do you miss? I miss the camaraderie 
uh, I miss, um, you know, just hanging out with the guys and or the gals or whatever. I, I miss the events. And then we're done with it. And then that camaraderie's gone. And then you'll hear from your buddies every once in a while. And then they just kind of drift on off, you know? Yeah, um, just kind of rotate back to life. And, you know, and uh, I believe solely that if we was to keep that brotherhood as veterans, because as, as veterans, we don't want to ask for help. You know, that's just point blank. Um, we're not used to it. We don't, we, we don't like to ask for help. It makes us feel insecure, you know, uh, just all kinds of, you know, those emotional things that go along with it. Um, but if you knew that, you know, hard looks all America, it didn't matter what you needed or what help you needed. You know, no questions asked. All you got to do is go down there and ask. Like, that would be phenomenal. That would make not only uh, a veteran, but anybody in that situation that has served our country to feel like, man, I can talk about this. Um, I'm not treated differently. I am treated, you know, with the, you know, the respect or whatever that things I've been through. Now, I'm not judged on it. You know, um, yep. and at the end, at the end of the day, all we're doing is helping each other. The best therapy a soldier can get his his battle buddy to the left and right because they thoroughly understand. You know, if I go and talk to a therapist or a psychiatrist, do they know what the hell I really mean when I say, "Listen, I was scared to death of my life. I didn't think I was going to make it home." Do you really think? Without him being actually through that event, he can really relate to that? No. I don't think so. But you talk to your brother that was there with you. You're like, hell yeah, man. It was freaking rough, man. Like, had some nightmares and, you know, uh, you know, this happened and that happened. And, and, and you talk and you get it off your chest, right? That's what you do when you go talk to a therapist or a doctor. You get it off your chest and you got to try to figure out ways to make it better. And uh, the best therapy to me is each other. And if we can keep that each other and that brotherhood going after we're done with our military service and America see like, man, that's a pretty tight net group over there. Like they're helping each other out. You know, I, I think we might need to be a, a part of that organization. You know, we need to try to get that back. And, uh, and it goes back. I mean, back in the pioneer days, everybody was like that, you know? Yeah. But I think it all has to start with somewhere. And, why not veterans? We are a brotherhood. We are, you know, the 1% of the United States, you know, um, and it all it takes is like that one. Yes. See what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> that you know, one and, difference. You know, and that's the one thing I want to see is broken is that, that number. I know it's just a baseline number of 22 a day, but we know it's more than that, but we need, to do whatever we can to help curb that entire situation. I mean, to me, that's a major failure upon the VA and the government. And I think they're not going to help. Then, you know, we, the people around this country need to step up for our veterans and we need to come, come with a way to help and stop the 22 a day whether it's just random act of kindness, you know, not treating people like shit, like people are doing nowadays, 
I mean, it, you can, you, we need to network with everybody to help people out because we know that this is a rough time in this country right now. And there's a lot of people who are hurting, especially our veteran community. And we need to step up. Yeah. Um, over the course of like the last couple of months with me starting this business, is what I've done, or not what I've done, what the way I felt. Like there's been several times where I was standing in line and, you know, somebody was in front of me, like the cars got declined or something like that. Just for, you know, for my not trying to, you know, make myself feel good. I'm like, hey, man, wait, I, I got it, man. Just, you know, go ahead and ring them up on mine and, and I'll pay for it. And, like, this one dude started crying. I was like, hey, man, it's okay, brother. I was like, we all go through tough times, man. And uh, come to find out he was a Marine, you know, like 25 years ago. And he'd been going through all this stuff. And that one act of kindness that I did for that one person, not knowing who he was, made a difference in his life. See what I'm saying? Right. And that's what we need more of. Yeah. We've we've really lost our way in this country um, for for a long time. I mean, going back to Vietnam, the way we treated the military when they came back home, uh, completely unacceptable. And anyone who wants to criticize our military, uh, you really need a reality check. Because, you know, during Vietnam, most of those people were, you know, drafted in. Then you had the ones who volunteered to go in. Doesn't matter. Either way, you need to respect the military. They were doing what they were told to do. And I don't want to hear this other bullshit about, oh, well, the, the following orders thing is, is unacceptable. But that's part of being in the military is that's what you're signing up for. And if you get drafted, that's what's what it's part of. Mm-hmm. And there needs to be a more mutual respect for our military. And I think people in this country, Oh, every veteran that at least show a sign of respect. Yeah. You know, if you see a veteran that's out there struggling, reach out. They may not want to accept that help, but at least you said, hey, you know, is there anything I could do for you? At least yeah. the notion is there. <clears throat> yeah, and um, it's, I can't explain you how hard it is for, like, me to ask for help. Yeah. I've, got, I've gotten a lot better, you know. But, I mean, you ain't got to be in combat just to be a veteran, you know. Um. Yeah, I was I was in combat and all that good stuff, and I had a lot of things happen to me. But you know, as a you know, as a vet, as a person who served the military, there are sacrifices you have to do, not just only combat, not just only war. I mean, you think about all the training we do and, and stuff like that. You know, that's a big sacrifice. Um, uh, do I think combat soldiers should get a little bit more notoriety? Hell yeah. <laughs> You know, but we're, at the end of the day, we're all veterans. You, you see what I'm saying? When we, when we retire, right. we all should be treated the same equally. Um, and all of our, all of our scenarios are different, you know? So, 
Um, yeah, and I had to gain a lot of people's trust back when I was working in the hospital and I was working with the veterans and the active duty. I mean, I had to go to a training over in Marion, Illinois, at the VA over there. And, you know, I'm civilian and they don't have to talk to me, but, you know, through them being around me for a few weeks, a few days or whatever, then they would gain some trust and we would get to talking. And, you know, it was always, I would always reach out and just ask them, how are they doing? They doing okay today. Is there anything that they, you know, want to talk about? Not, you know, I get it. I understand. I'm not part of that brotherhood, but you know, I'm here. If you want to talk, you know, it's just, just having that ability to reach out and, you know, if they want to talk, they'll talk. And that goes back into, you know, I'll tell you a little bit more in detail about my business, so Harlots All-American. Um, you know, the whole idea here is to have a one-stop shop for veteran and American-owned products and businesses, right? Yep. But, you know, right now, I'm a very beginning of this. Um, eventually, you know, I would love to have a brick and mortar building, you know, where, you know, one of my partners, Blackout Coffee Company, we can set up a coffee bar in there. You know, not only am I not selling the products, but I'm saying, hey, hey, veterans, come over here and hang out. Who better, what, what better security than a bunch of veterans sitting at a coffee table? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know <laughs> nobody's going to do a smash and grab in there. <laughs> no, sir. But, you know, and, and they just come there and have a nice place to relax and just shoot the shit, you know. Um, talk about the old days. Talk about what's going on, you know. Um, it, it'd be pretty phenomenal. And I love that one-stop shop, you know. I mean, it ain't got to be a veteran company. It's veteran and American-owned companies and or products and businesses, you know. Um, it's a variety of everything. And... Uh, the, the company itself, like here in Athens, Georgia, there's Jackson County, which is the county I live in, and there's 17 counties that surround it. There's 92 uh, plus thousand veterans that live up here. 92 plus thousand with a population of 1.8. And just, just imagine if you could reach just 10% of those veterans up here in these counties. Just 10%. You've made a difference. Yeah. A big yeah, difference. Yeah, it's life changing. And that's what I'm trying to do. I don't want the 100%. I want the 10%. Because um, if I get that 10%, then it's going to lead into 12%, 15%. As I grow, as we get to know each other, um, and as I, I'm able to do more for, for veterans and give you more stuff, uh, good quality products and businesses, you know. Uh, the reason why I put products and businesses in there is because it goes back to me thinking about the whole business model of my plan. I put businesses in there because how many small lawn care businesses do you see in this world? There's a lot of them, right? Oh, yeah, so, there's a lot here. So, I mean, hey, you know, it goes back to that person needs his lawn care. Hey, I'm partnered with, you know, Joe Bob's Lawn Care down the road. Uh, I'll, I'll give him a call. He'll be over there in a couple hours, bro. Yeah, yeah. That's the reason why the business is inside of that. Um, and that was done intentionally for that incident. Um, but like I said, I mean, and I worked on this for two and a half years. And in the middle of that, my dad died. 
uh, at 60 years old of a heart attack. Um, I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah, it, it absolutely ruined me. And I didn't go back to drinking. And I mean, I, I praised the good Lord. He gave me strength and everything like that. And I kept going. And I kept going. And uh, finally, on August 19th of this year, I mashed the button to start gaining all these products and businesses. And uh, it's been pretty good so far. It's, it's been a struggle. i got to buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell, you know. I don't have a lot of capital. I spent all my own money. I didn't go get no business loan or no partner or anything like that. I spent every dime that I got from my dad dying because I thought that was the best way that I could ever give back for something that happened to him. You know, uh, I didn't have the money in the beginning. My dad died with a handful of pocket chains in his pockets. That's all he had to his name. You know, and he had a house that was paid for, that was given to him by his dad that died, my granddaddy. And that's how we gained the money to open up this business. And as I was sitting in those 72 hours, it's like, how, how am I going, how am I going to do this, Lord? Um, and then, you know, years later, you know, my dad ended up dying and I thought to myself, like, I had to do something with this. I had to do something that will make a difference. And this is what I came up with. So it's a little bit more than I just threw a company together. There's, there's a, some other things too. The reason why I actually pushed a button to make everything happen. So, so what direction do you want this company to go for for the future? Just give us your take on that. Well, I mean, I really like to have a brick and mortar. Um, like I said, so. Uh, I can get the product out there more. Um, you know, I would love to gain some more uh, veteran companies as I as I get bigger, so I can you know help them out, gain that product, um, and you know, add them to my website and um, all that good stuff. And uh, you know, hopefully, you know, get a big warehouse where I can house all these products and uh, and have that hangout. You know, when, when when people know who I am and what the company is all about and come and hang out and, and do their thing, you know, and have that meeting place. Um, like we would do in, in the military. I mean, um, I don't want to be a billionaire. I don't want to be a millionaire. I just want to do enough to make a difference. I didn't never think about this business as a multi-million dollar business uh, of any cause. I thought of it, just want to make a difference. If I cut even, I'm doing good. You know, because um, at the end of the day, it's not all about me. It's it's about what I think that my next mission could be. You know, my next mission, I have decided that would be to try to give back to my own country and to my own brothers in arms with their veteran-owned companies, along with mine. So, uh like I said, eventually a brick and mortar and just making a difference. That's where I would see the company uh, and growing into that nonprofit organization where I can start giving money back to, you know, veterans in need and, and stuff like that. That'll be awesome. And I hope I can help contribute in any way and we can make that happen. I think it's awesome that you you've gone this this far and come this 
this way to uh, to have a company that is trying to reach out and help other companies and, and help the veteran community. So what is the uh, the website that people can come check out your apparel? Um, you can come to uh, harluxallamerican.com. Uh, when you go on there, you'll see all my brands of Nine Line, Blackout Coffee, K-Bar Soap, Inert Mugs is fisting to go on there. I'm a Madden Till Valhalla project on there. Um, all that will be done by the end of this week, uh, hopefully, because I'm a one-man show, so I can only do so much. Yep, um, I hear you. <laughs> so you go on there, and you can sort for what brand you want to brand. I got the Harlux All-American brand. Um, and, of course, my, my biggest partner is Nine Line Apparel out of Savannah, Georgia. So definitely want to give them a shout out for giving me the opportunity um, to do uh, what I want to do and be able to back me. You know, um, they're a very, very great company. I, I love them to death. They give me so much wisdom every day. You know, um, it's 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 hard to walk into a multi-million dollar company and be like, can I talk to the boss? <laughs> they're probably like, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, when I started this two and a half years ago, I made this big old like newsletter, not newsletter, but like a letter thing saying, you know, I'm just trying to gain you know, your, your partnership, you know, wholesale, all this good stuff. And, uh, it took some time for me continuously doing it. Cause Harlock means perseverance. Just keep going forward. Right. Right. Uh, and I finally got to the right person, you know, and like right now I can call nylon, but Hey, but I'm having this problem. What did you do in your early stages of your business? And they're willing to help me, willing to give that knowledge to me, you know? And that, that's a big thing when you, when you, I'm trying to do something the way that I'm trying to do it. I mean, have you ever seen so many veteran-owned companies in American businesses inside of one? I don't no. think there is. I haven't seen it, you know? Um, and if you think about that, as me as a company, as a whole, because I'm, I'm hard looks. But I'm incorporating all these partners in there. I'm not. I'm not stealing their brands. I'm not trying to steal their business. I'm trying, but to build a bigger brand awareness. Where, you know, if you know who Hard Luck's All American is, you can go there and you have a variety of stuff to pick from. You know, uh, whether it be Duke Cannon, because I have Duke Cannon also as a partner. Uh, you can go there and get you some soap, and I got K Bar, and I got and I got the coffee, and you know stuff like that. So, um. It would definitely make a difference if I had a brick and mortar so I could really show people what I have and what I'm capable of doing. You know, I go to these events and festivals, it's a 10 by 10 tent. I set it up and I try to make it look as best as I can with a one man show. So, yeah, so if you come on down at, down at the Hard Lux All American, you can look up all Hard Lux America, it all come up the same. I'm on social media, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Um, just look up Harlux All American. Do you have any uh, upcoming uh, events you're doing? Yeah, I am. Um, this weekend, I got the Athens Expo here in Athens, Georgia. Uh, I'm also at Margaritaville at Lake Lanier Islands for the every weekend in the month of October up here in Gainesville at Lake Lanier. Um, I also have a Butts County Fall Festival I'm doing this weekend. Uh, next weekend will be one of my biggest events ever where I'm going to the 58th, 
uh, annual moonshine festival up in Dawsonville, Georgia. Oh hell, I might have to come with you on that. <laughs> there, there's about Love 70, some moonshine. Yeah, there's about seventy thousand people that go through there. So I got two spots I rented out up there, and I think that's where I'll be able to see if what I'm doing at a big audience like that, if it's going to really make a difference. You know. Now, uh, so I got now, that next weekend, and I also got Margaritaville. Uh, now, do you travel? Weekend. Do you travel outside of Georgia? I mean, I will. I haven't so far, um, just because I'm you know I'm, I'm trying to brand out from Athens and go out. Um, but I'll go anywhere. I mean, if, if somebody wants me to come to their event, and there's a couple thousand people. I mean, like I'll pack up and go. I'll, you might. I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll pitch this to you right now. I mean, you. But we'd have to do, do some looking at it, but we have one of the world's largest street festivals here uh, where I live at. We have usually on average 130,000 people a day there, and that's up here in Evansville, Indiana at the Westside Nut Club Fall Festival. We actually topped uh, the street festival down there in uh, New Orleans So, uh, for Mardi Gras. But, uh, yeah, we get about 130,000 people a day up here for the fall festival up here. It's really huge. We have a lot of people that travel. Plus, we do a thing called uh, Frog Follies. It's a bunch of old-time cars. We do that in the summertime here. We draw hundreds of thousands of people as well. So there, there might be a couple opportunities there I could probably look into for you if you if you want to travel this way. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. I mean, if I'm not... If I'm not doing something on a weekend, then I just think I'm being defeated. I have to do something. My my weekends are my week. You know, that's when people come out and they they do these events and stuff like that. So uh, at the end of November, I'll be starting building next year's schedule. Um, and I hope to just blow it out of the water. I mean, I don't care how far I got to travel. Um, All right. Well, maybe that'd be something that we could look into then. Yeah. Because, I mean, that'll get you a lot of attention because there's a lot of veterans in this area. Um, this is where the home of the LST, when they developed and built the LSTs for World War II here. And we got the LST Museum. We got a wartime museum here. Huge, huge veteran population up here. So, Well, yeah. Um, but uh, well, You can help me out, spread the word. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, follow my Facebook or Instagram or TikTok. Uh, people always tell me, it's like, all you need is one viral TikTok. Yeah. One viral Instagram. I'm like, yeah, I mean, there's 99 no's to one yes, right? Right. <laughs> and I, I post just about every single day. Um, and sometimes Here, it just gets repetitive, you know? Yeah. Here's the one thing about TikTok, and I know it's a communist app and all this shit, but it's the yeah. reason why the popularity of TikTok is, especially for people who are patriots and veterans and stuff, you put that one video out, it can generate a thousand, two thousand, five thousand views within seconds. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you're you're going viral. You're get, you're getting you know five hundred thousand, seven hundred fifty thousand, a million. It can easily happen just like that. That's the the popularity behind that application. It's not just because it's a communist application. It's just you get a further reach with people. And once that thing starts rolling downhill and gaining momentum, you know, it, it's hard to stop. 
But I appreciate you coming on the show, Keith. Um, you have my support. You know, I'll promote you. I'll get you out there. And if they have any last words, go ahead and stage is yours. Um, I just say keep following me. Keep seeing my story. Uh, come on down to Harlux All American Shop and uh, see what we have. See if you like it. Um, I always say that I'm not the smartest man in the ring, and if I was, why am I in there? So if you have any uh, you know questions or ideas or something like that, feel free to you know email me, send me a message uh, through social media or my email at harluxallamerican at gmail.com. Uh, send me your your, your ideas and, and your quotes or uh, you know, if you want a shirt to be made or, or something like that, just, uh, you know, reach out to me. Um, other than that, just, uh, thank you, Patrick, for uh, having me on the show. And, no uh, problem. Look to, look to hearing, for you, uh, hearing from you uh, later on. Okay, I appreciate you being on the show. That's the show, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Renegades Rant Podcast. You can find the Kentucky Renegade on TikTok, Instagram, or Twitter, but the easiest way is his link tree, which you can find in his bio. Please like, follow, share the show, and remember, be ungovernable.